On today's show, the regular season is in the books. It's done, and now the Bucks have a week off while they wait to find out what team they will play. But what did we learn on the weekend? Are any of the players that play big minutes going to play a role in the postseason? We have to have a final awards chat because the stats are final. They're done. And also, are the Bucks about to lose another assistant coach? We've got that and plenty more. Let's get into it. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me, knocked off early today, this is a man that loves an afternoon game from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia. For today's episode, that is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. We thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single weekday. And now you know we've reached the postseason. Post-game shows are coming on the weekend. Any crazy stuff happens, we'll have extra shows along the way. So this is not only the important part of the season for the Milwaukee Bucks getting it done on the floor, but it is also for the podcasters in the game as well. So we've got a massive, hopefully, two months coming your way on Lockdown Bucks. So we appreciate the support. If you haven't done so yet, drop a comment, particularly on YouTube, uh, and a, a like, subscribe, follow, do all those things. It really, really helps the show, helps boost it and promote it. And it's free to do so. So we appreciate that. Now, the Bucks did wrap up the regular season. We already knew, Justin, that they had the number one record in the NBA. They had uh, the number one, obviously, seed in the Eastern Conference. But they finished with a record of 58 and 24, which I still think was above the projections of where I certainly thought they were going to get to. At the start of the year, we did our over and under. I think it was 53 and a half. It might have been 54 and a half. I took the over, but I did so understanding that I was. This is my usual stick. I was being the the over optimistic guy. I didn't know whether they would get there. I thought there was some uncertainty, but all things considered, Chris Middleton concern aside for now, uh, it really has been an excellent job from this team to get to this position yet again, and maybe put themselves in a better position than they were a year ago. I think it was low fifties. You might be right with fifty three. It was. It was either fifty. It was anywhere from 52 and a half to 54 and a half. But I too thought it would be the over, but I thought, well, if it's 53 and a half, I think they'll win 54. And I don't know how much of that was just uh, hope. But yeah, um, what they were able to accomplish this season with uh, the injuries that they went through. You know, last year we talked about, man, look at uh, what they did. Same thing of, Brooke Lopez missed two thirds of the season and look at how poor the defense was without him and for them to come back and, and guys in and out of the lineup there. So you thought, okay, the worst is behind us, but then this year proved to be even worse with the man games lost to injury. And, and that was the, to me, impressive part was how they were able to really weather the storm when it looked like they were taken on water in December. I mean, it was just a brutal schedule that I know we talked about it at the time, 
but I still don't think people really realize just how difficult that month was. 15 games, 10 of them were on the road. You never had consecutive home games in that month. So you were essentially traveling just about every single day of the month to, to go to and from road games. You would come home, you would fly out that night. And not only that, the, the level of the competition in the month of December, all the while doing that while you, you still, you got Chris Middleton back, but then he left shortly after that, what midway through the month, Joe Ingles didn't come back until uh, towards the end of the month. And Pat Connaughton was just freshly back. So they were still dealing with personnel in and out of the lineup. And, it really could have spiraled in December, not to say they would have missed the playoffs or man, the Bucks could be a sixth seed or something like that, but still for, uh, for them to, to kind of weather the storm in December and say, Hey, once we get healthy, we think we're going to turn things around. That's exactly what we saw. And I think what we saw specifically post all-star break too, is you started to hear the chatter of how the Bucks kind of regret not having home court and how the season ended last year. I think those of us that have been around the team long enough are like, ah, I, I don't know where this is coming from because I don't know who in the team would come out and say this. But the approach was pretty clear of, hey, it, it not so much home court. Let's make sure we don't have to go through this gauntlet of Boston and then Philadelphia. Like they can deal with that. Let's do everything in our power to avoid that. They obviously had the big push towards the back end of the season. And you spoke about, obviously, a challenge in December. And then that filtered through to January where we had multiple. I, I remember doing the podcast with you, Justin. And, and I'm sitting back and saying, well, I don't know if we're going to see Chris Milton at all. Right. Joe Ingles hasn't played a game yet. Or he'd just, he just come back. But you just weren't sure back. what he was going to bring to the table. Jay Crowder was just a rumor that we consistently kept talking about. But we didn't know what the Bucks were going to do at the trade deadline. We were discussing major trades, which... At the time, I looked back and said, we're going to find out how confident this Bucks team is based on what they do at the trade deadline. And if they're panicking about where they're at, they might do something a little bit drastic. In the end, they didn't need to do that. They were able to bring in Jay Crowder. But as I look at the games played for this season, so Chris only plays 33. We talk about the preseason projections. If you told me that, there's no way. I think the Bucks can possibly have the number one seed. Brooke Lopez obviously was enormous Ingles plays 45 and then you get Jay Crowder for these last 17 games here so I said this last week when we were podcasting with Frank we started the podcast and we said let's get excited about the fact the Bucks are the number one seed unfortunately there was a little bit of uh, concern at the time about Chris Milton so then the conversation just filtered to the Chris Milton stuff Um, but it's been nice these last two games in particular that we can get into a little bit here now that the Bucks were able to Put the feet up. The guys didn't even travel to Toronto, I don't think. Giannis, Chris, Drew, and and Brooke Lopez as well didn't even need to go on this final road trip. And when you see some of the stuff that can potentially happen late in these games, in these meaningless games, the Bucs did their work work early, 29-5 and from January 22nd up until these these last games, 29-5. and I wouldn't have predicted it, but from thinking that the Bucs maybe could be in danger of not having home court to then this push, I think it is worth celebrating for sure. Yeah, and I think what you said at, uh, just a couple of moments ago is really one of the the biggest things there is if I gave you these statistics for the season and didn't show you anything else, uh, we would not think this was a number one seed where you'd say, well, here's the games Chris Middleton missed. Here's uh, what Joe Ingles did, but here's the number of games that Joe Ingles missed. Here's the number of games that Giannis missed too, which was close to 20 this season. So if you had a chance to to take all of that in, 
not only 58 wins we wouldn't think was was going to be the case but the number one seed in the eastern in in all of basketball i don't think anybody would have said oh yeah this this is clearly a team that's the one seed and that's you know not only a credit to uh to bud to his entire staff to their sports science group but all of the other guys the unnamed guys that we've spent quite a bit of time on this show talking about but you know you think about guys like Javon Carter, who has been so huge for this team in those moments where you don't have a Giannis and or Chris and, and Drew and Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis and, and what he brought to the team, Grayson Allen too. And it's all of those guys that are, have really been the biggest reason why this team was able to get to 58 wins because the depth that we continued to speak to, those were the guys that that stepped up and carried you through those moments in those games when you were shorthanded. Absolutely. And Sometimes we talk about this team from a negative light when it comes to they're old, what's going to happen in the future, what does this team look like? But when you are trying to cover major losses, which the Bucs have had to do all season, having veterans that you just plug in, having this system that obviously the Bucs and Bud have created, and I spoke about it a couple of nights ago on the podcast, they've tinkered as well. They are doing some slightly different things, but having veterans that understand how to come in and can be consistently reliable I think obviously has helped this team get to the spot to where they are. So they did lose to the Raptors tonight. They lost to Memphis a couple of nights ago. I want to get to some of those performances there because I think we have got questions. Are any of those guys uh, going to play in the postseason? Obviously, Jay Crowder is, but what did we see from Jay? We saw more of Goran Dragic than we have at any point this season. Uh, And as you pointed to, some of the other guys out there as well. So we're going to talk about some of those performances. And then on the back end, we're going to talk about the playoff schedule for the Bucs, we know when game one is going to be, the day anyway, and then uh, we have to wait now to find out who they're going to play. So plenty more to come, but first we're going to talk about Price Picks, our sponsor of today's episode. If you're not aware about Price Picks, you must be new to listening to Lockdown Bucks, first of all. But uh, secondly, you pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry there's no competing against other people it's just you versus the projections available so whether it's a point total rebound steals assists all those types of things uh, you guys know how that works with the over or under we do it on this show entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy and it doesn't have to be basketball by the way you can get into baseball if you really think that the oakland athletics are, are rolling and i think they got done like 13 to 0 yesterday but if you want to uh, look into the a's or maybe the brewers have started okay you can do that It's safe and fast uh, to use and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, you'll get 100. Deposit 50, you'll get 50 and so on. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's PricePix. All right, so I've got a confession to make, Justin. This game tipped off at 3 a.m. <laughs> I did not watch this game live. I am here to tell you I did not watch this game live. I actually was watching, before I went to sleep over here in Australia, I was watching the the Masters, the, the, the third round. They had to complete that because they had some weather. So I was watching the Masters. Fell asleep, and by the time I went to sleep, it was probably 12 or 12.30, and I thought to myself, do I really think I'm getting up in two hours to watch the Bucks reserves against the Raptors? I don't think so. I'm going to watch this when I woke up. So I've just finished watching this game, and I've said this before, and I think that this is... We're similar here, and this is why we're 
in the sicko category. I mean, you were working, to be fair. But I like it when you get to see some of the different guys get opportunities. So let's start with Jay Crowder. Tonight he played 25 minutes. He had 13 points, three for six from three. So a continuation of some pretty good shooting from him. And overall, you just saw the ball in his hands more offensively with the game against Memphis and Washington and now this one. So over those games, if I do some quick math, I think he's scored 56 points across those three games and shot the three really well. This was one question with Jay Crowder that I had going back a few nights ago, and I think we discussed it after he had the the 19-point showing. I I like the fact that he has been one of the guys that they haven't held back and have said, no, 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 you go out there, get comfortable, get involved in the offense, because he is going to be a guy that they're going to need to knock down shots when it comes to uh, big games in the postseason. Yeah, um, so you have to be... Very encouraged by what we saw this last week from Crowder, not just uh, these these last couple of games, but it really started um, right around that Sixers game and what he did against the Wizards, where I know we started yep. to have a lot of uh, conversations, too, about his ability to play the passing lanes and the deflections that he was causing. So it was a, a strong close to the season for uh, Jay Crowder. And I think a lot of that, too, is the Bucks onboarding process. And, and we talked about this a week or so ago, but now that uh, the regular season is over with, it is really uncanny when you compare the numbers for uh, Jay Crowder in, in his you know brief time here with the Bucks versus PJ Tucker. And I know it's a, a lazy comparison that uh, I've complained about at times of people just kind of assume, well, this is the new PJ Tucker form. But, you know, we talked about PJ's process of getting up to speed with the team. There was an injury in there that kind of set him back a little bit as well. And, you know, with Jay Crowder, same thing of he played, what, 10 or so games, missed some time, then played a couple of games, then missed some time, uh, then closed out the season very strong here. But I think initially a lot of Bucks fans are saying, well, well, why isn't Jay Crowder playing all that much? We, we anticipated him to, to kind of be a difference maker and, and bring us what P.J. Tucker brought in the playoffs. So for P.J. Tucker, he played 20 games for the Bucs in the regular season, 397 minutes, which comes in at around 19 minutes a game. Jay Crowder ended up playing 18 games. And with all the numbers today, played 340 minutes, which is basically 18 to 19 minutes a game. It was almost like for like, if he played two more games, especially with how things are trending, that was what they did with PJ to, okay, we'll we'll have a a couple of those moments and and stretches where you're going to play a decent amount for Jay. That was certainly early when, I think there was a little added juice to play against Miami and to play against Phoenix, but then you saw a lot of like 15 or so 13 minutes for Jay Crowder. And I think fans started to get a little, a little antsy for PJ. It was the same thing. And we saw once the playoffs started, the training wheels came off and knowing this team's history, knowing what Jay Crowder is capable of doing and seeing some of the offense uh, that you saw this last week, I think it's very encouraging knowing all of that and assuming they're going to treat Jay Crowder the same way in the postseason. Maybe this is just my optimism coming out again, and I forget how I actually felt a few years ago. But I do remember going into that postseason run, and I think overall I probably just have a little bit more confidence about what I think the Bucs can do in the postseason because they've already they've won. Entering 2021, I was like, oh boy, here we go again. Let's just buckle up and hope for the best. But I, I do think that I feel, and again, that did. I think overall, defensively, with the versatility, Tucker has proven that he's probably a, a different level at, at his best to Jay Crowder. And I don't mean that you know, disrespectfully. Yeah. I think that most people would agree with that. But I do think that I feel more confident that I've seen more from Jay Crowder 
and it's been very little and maybe it's just been the last few weeks and people will say, well, he scored some points against some in some random games. It doesn't actually... But I, I think I feel more confident that Jay looks like he's ready to go for the postseason here and you hope, and don't take anything for granted, but you hope that there is a, a first round series that the Bucks can you know, take care of in you know, four or five games and he gets some more uh, playing time there. One of the questions I got in on the YouTube comments a couple of days ago was because there's still always this paranoia about Budenholzer and he doesn't make adjustments, he doesn't play guys. I think that's been proven that he does now. I, I don't know why people still have those concerns, but one of the questions I got was, do you really think that Bud would have put PJ Tucker in a starting lineup if Dante didn't get hurt? Uh, and I think he would have because I, yeah. now would he have done it for game immediately? I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I, I think that he ultimately would have because he was the best matchup there for... Uh, Kevin Durant, or it was helpful with Harden and Irving and everything that Brooklyn Nets had. So do I think that Jay Crowder is going to start game one against whatever team they play? I'm not 100% sure because Grayson, we hope, is going to be okay by then. We'll see where Pat is at. Of course, we'll see where Chris is at. So I'm not sure if he's going to start game one, but I feel very confident, and I might be proven wrong, that Jay Crowder will be there if the Bucks end yeah. up playing a Boston. Yeah, I, I would agree that I, I think if 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 Jay Crowder is starting in game one of the playoffs, obviously a number of factors would be in play. But um, if you pinned me down and said, hey, what's the reason behind this? I would assume it would be that Grayson Allen either wasn't ready to return or mm-hmm. uh, you were still kind of taking your time with him. But I would assume once you move into the second round and some of those those more difficult series, that's where similar to the whole Brooklyn conversation and whether or not Dante's injury is uh, what, what triggered that decision. But I think it'd be the same thing where by the time you get to the second round and you know, we need to focus on the defensive matchups really from the start here. I, I think eventually Jay Crowder is going to be in the starting lineup for this team. And, and from, you know, from the moment the playoffs start any competitive game too, I think we all agree he's going to be one of the closers. All right, let us know in the YouTube comments. That, let's say it's a perfect world and everyone is healthy to go for game one of the postseason against whoever it is. Next Sunday, uh, it's going to be more on that in just a little bit. Who would your starting five be? Does it depend on matchup? Do you not care about the matchup? You just want to get the five there on the floor. Let us know in the YouTube comments. What about Goran Dragic? Now, this has been a little more fascinating because they picked him up and I think it was a smart move to get another veteran point guard. Obviously, George Hill exited uh, as a part of the the trade situation with Jay Crowder. I might be wrong, and I've been a George Hill defender for a long time around these parts. I think George Hill's a better player right now, but I am a little bit surprised when I look at the overall stats for Goran Dragic this season because he ended up playing 58 games, which just seems crazy. I mean, he was playing very, very regularly with the Bulls, which I just didn't notice because I wasn't watching that team. But he did score 14 points against Memphis and had four assists. And then tonight, obviously, uh, he played another 20-odd minutes, 7-12 from the field, and assist another 14 points. Under duress, by the way, the Toronto Raptors fans had not forgotten about Goran Dragic (laughs) not wanting to be there. Did you see anything that gives you uh, any ideas that Goran Dragic will be more than just an emergency backup guard? Well, and uh, so by the way, too, that that kind of uh, like, oh, wow, we're really doing this. Like the the Toronto fans hate Goran Dragic. I get that uh, he he wanted (laughs) out of there immediately, but I I was under the assumption that was kind of preordained and they had worked that out in advance. If 
here's the sign and trade. We need to send Goran for these salaries to match. Don't worry, Goran, you're not going to play for us this season. So uh, also, it was interesting. What did, the Raptors, but... like, what, what did the Raptors fans think that you know, Goran Dragic right. was going to carry him to a title? Or why do they care right. so much? <laughs> he's, he's the new savior. So interesting choice by the Raptors fans. Um, but I, I think, look, to your point about the depth and, you know, we saw last year Javon Carter didn't play all that much in the postseason. And um, as much as Bucks fans were clamoring for him to play, and I'm not saying it was the wrong or right decision to, to basically not utilize him or use him in that series against the Celtics, it, it would have been tough regardless with the personnel the Celtics had and the personnel the Bucks didn't have. The point, though, is it gives you more options. And, you know, if it's not a great matchup for Javon Carter against the Celtics or whoever it is, or if, you know, the transition three that has really been the best part of Javon Carter's offensive game this year and the most frustrating, too, when you have Giannis in transition and uh, Javon Carter's pulling up for a three. But if that's not working, you have another option you can go to. And this option is a guy that has played in the NBA Finals, has played in a couple of conference finals, has a lot of playoff games and a lot of uh, tournament and playoff experience when you include international basketball under his belt. He's been in big moments. He's hit big shots. And he can be a change of pace guy where you're not saying, Goran Dragic, go out there and give us 20 minutes. But if you have, you know, as much as we, we like to really rail on him, the minutes that you gave Jeff T when you won the championship, which, again, as you mentioned before, some of the criticisms that Bud takes, some of it unfairly. Jeff Teague is uh, one of the bigger points of contention for Bucks fans that are in that camp. And I will die on the hill of what was he supposed to do when you looked at the depth that this team didn't have. They were seven deep. You needed somebody else. Jeff Teague was the only option. And that's what you wanted to avoid going into the playoffs once again. So you're not going to be in that spot where it's, hey, if Javon doesn't have it, sorry, Javon, you got to get back out there, or we're asking somebody else, like Joe and, and Drew, you're the only guys that are handling the ball. You have more options now. And again, it's it's all about how you're going to use him. And I don't think any of us are expecting you're going to have the Goran Dragic game. You might just have a, a two- or three-minute stretch where it's go out there, run the offense, and hit an open shot. I think the most interesting thing for me has just been how does Goran kind of feel about that? Because I, I think one of the biggest reasons why I was wondering if he would come here was because it didn't look like there was a clear role. We've spoken about guys like Wesley Matthews who very much can play in the postseason, but is he going to because of the minutes crunch? I don't know. So the Bucks are just in a unique situation where they are uh, extremely deep. And I guess Dragic knew what he was signing himself up for, but we'll see. So it's actually interesting to bring that up because we talked to both of those players on the Bucks radio network earlier in the week. And Goran Dragic bluntly said, I, I know what my role is with this team. And I told them from the start, I'm willing to do whatever. Like if it's playing a lot, if it's not playing all that much, I'm, I know how to keep myself ready and be ready. And I'm here to win a championship and basically said he's ring chasing and it will do whatever he's called upon to do. So um, yeah, the, the question's over. Well, uh, he could have had a bigger role elsewhere. He realizes that I, I think, and, and who knows how much bigger, but uh, this he thinks represents his best chance to win a championship. And that's why he picked here. Wesley Matthews agrees with everything that you said. And I don't mean this in a bad way that, Hey, I could be playing more. And he's been, I wouldn't say like uh, frustrated per se, just you, you can tell Wesley Matthews wants to be playing more. And when he had that game, 
Wednesday against the Bulls where Bud trusted him. He made some big moments to help bring the team back and close things out. And he talked to us after the game too. He did say it's, it's been a tough year and hinted at some frustrations of not playing quite as much, but he understands the process. He, he just, look, I, I understand this is how our sports science group works. And as we talked about minutes ago with PJ Tucker years ago, with, with what they've done with Jay Crowder so far this year, it's kind of the same thing with Wes where early in the season, we all assumed it was, well, you, you don't need Wesley Matthews in November, December, January. You want him available in the playoffs, and that's kind of how they've treated it. All right, a game of, and I just created this game in my head, yes or no, coming up with Justin Garcia after uh, we uh, get to the ultimate basketball GM, which we need to discuss. But last, just quick thing, Tenassus tonight, uh, 14 points, five rebounds, three assists, uh, 28 minutes. A big dunk, a big throwdown in the first quarter as well. Uh, there was some absolute garbage over the last few days over social media. Uh, look, I, I'm, and we get criticized when we talk about Thanasis because people think that we aren't being serious, whatever. We all understand the role that Thanasis has with this team. He's not contracted after this year. But if you talk about the 15th guy on a roster that's hoping to win a title, I can't think of a better guy to have around. So, there is some ideas. I saw some people tweeting they don't think he'll be back next year, but I'm going on the record. I hope he's back unless something crazy has happened that we don't know about. I don't know why he wouldn't be back. I think it's good for Giannis to have him around, and I and I thought he did some nice stuff tonight. Yeah, um, he he definitely brings a presence that uh, I think is is noticeable when when he's when he's absent. And I mean, the larger point which you you just mentioned is we are talking about the 15th guy on a roster. So who 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 is it that's going to swing a championship? that replaces him as the 15th man. No team has that. And, and I would assume he'll be back next year, that the only way Thanasis is no longer on the active roster is if the analysis really takes off and he just becomes an international podcaster. That's true. He's had lots of Milwaukee Bucks guests, but I, I think that it's, it's going to start to expand. But uh, definitely a, a fun listen there as well. But if you want Thanasis to be back, next year there is one way that you can take matters into your own hands and that is with the ultimate pro basketball gm now uh, i don't play many games there is no doubt about that whether it's computer playstation i don't even have a playstation I, i've flirted with the idea of getting one but i don't have one the only game that i actually like playing right now is the ultimate pro basketball gm because you get to do a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this podcast you get to change your roster up make trades you get to make decisions about the coaches which you know, some bucks fans might want to make some moves not me I'm extended Mike Budenholzer to a long-term contract. So take that, the Bud haters. But uh, you also have to deal with the different personalities. Not so much a problem with the Milwaukee Bucks locker room because everyone seems to get along uh, very, very uh, well. And navigate your franchise through free agency. It's obviously going to be a big off-season for the Bucks this year. So you basically just get to do everything that John Horst is doing, which for fans of the game, uh, that is what uh, people talk about the most. And that's what they want to sink their teeth into. So get uh, the ultimate basketball uh, GM, all you have to do is uh, download it in the game store or the app store or scan the code on the YouTube screen right now. Locked on Bucks listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com or scan that code on the screen or look it up in the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. All right, so the schedule is out and we've got a bit of a weight on our hands. We're going to have some fun stuff on Locked on Bucks throughout the week. I've got a bunch of different guests and different voices that we're going to bring on the show to get ourselves ready 
uh, for game one of the postseason, which we now know, Justin, is going to be next Sunday. Now, yeah, if I had to guess, I would say the Bucks are getting a day game and potentially the early day game. It's going to be the Bucks and who? Who do you think? Um, so we always knew it was going to be Sunday. It just wasn't official. I mean, unless the league is going to reverse course with the playing tournament not wrapping up until Friday, that was kind of the the uh, unkept secret there of, well, the Bucks are going to play Sunday. Um, I actually talked about this on our post-game show earlier today. As much as I hate the prognostications, I think it's going to be the Atlanta Hawks that they get in the first round because mm-hmm. – um, I think the Heat are going to win that matchup with Atlanta, and so you'll have Boston, mm-hmm. Miami. I don't, uh, I don't really think either of those two teams in nine ten are trending in the right direction. The Raptors, the defense at this point, I think is more of a myth than anything. Where a hey man, if it could ever come together to what we all salivated over, there's just no offense on that Raptors team, and uh, I don't know anybody that that trusts the Bulls despite their defense making some big strides. So whoever wins that game. I think Atlanta would still be just because of uh, Quinn Snyder and as much as he's regressed and as much as I'm not a, a huge fan of his, his style of play and game in a one game elimination style tournament style game, hmm. Trey young, isn't really one of those guys that you, you're, you're hoping to go against when anything can happen. And so of course, if, this is the way it plays out. As you suggested, that would mean uh, Miami would play Boston in the first round. And if anyone listens to Bill Simmons, he is terrified about the Miami Heat for some reason. But we'll see what plays out here over the week. Obviously, we'll break it all down. All right, let's get to a game of... I'm calling it yes, no. I, I don't know. I just came up with that in my head as we were doing wait, this wait, podcast. So, so, so you're not even going to you're not even gonna uh, make a prediction of who they're going to play? Or you're saving that for I later think in the week? No, I think it'll be Toronto. I, I think Miami will beat Ooh. Atlanta, then Toronto will beat... Uh, Atlanta. I don't know. The Bucks and the Raptors, it feels like they it's been far too long since they played in the postseason. They're, they're overdue. They need to play again. So well, Raptors I mean, the, would be my pick. The interesting thing is any of those four teams there is recent playoff history with. It's very true. So we'll see what plays out there. Let us know in the YouTube comments. Maybe who do you want to play, but then more realistically, who do you think the Bucks are going to play? You can let us know there. All right. So locked on, the the network did our awards predictions and we had to do our votes now i've got no shame here in saying that i voted perhaps not what i think is going to realistically happen i went heavy on the bucks so i had Giannis mvp bobby porter six man of the year brooke lopez defensive player of the year i had Giannis, drew holiday and brooke uh all nba in an all nba team i had Giannis. Uh, no i didn't have brooke in an all nba team i had uh Giannis and drew in an all nba team i didn't have brooke i had those three in an all defensive team so I was really going out there. I didn't go as far as to put Bart in the coach of the year. I was a little more realistic with that one. So let me just say this. And this isn't what you hope happens. This isn't what, okay. uh, you know, if you had a vote, you would vote for. Yeah. But just realistically, what, is what do you think happen? is if you can predict the voting? So yes or no? Giannis MVP? No. Brooke Lopez, Defensive Player of the Year? No. Bobby Porter, Sixth Man of the no. Year? No, <laughs> they're uh, getting so, shut out on everything you ask. Yeah, it's tough. And if you go to our friends at FanDuel, it's certainly pointing this way. All right, how many All-NBA players will the Bucks have? I think it's just going to be one because you know, we talked about the Drew Holiday case, what, a week ago? 
you can make a strong case, but I, I think it's similar to Brooke Lopez in the defensive player of the year. You can make a very, very strong case, but I think ultimately there are other guys that may be a little more sexy of a candidate and may score more points that are ultimately going to get the nod. And, you know, again, we ignore the fact that the Bucks finished with the best record in the regular season and did so despite all those injuries we talked about, but instead choose to reward, Hey, this team played better than expected. Like, yeah, but this team still didn't win as many games as the number one overall seed. Who's only going to get one player. Yep. That's fair enough. All right. Last one. How many old defensive plays? Uh, I think they'll get two and I'm so I had been thinking about this earlier in the week. I don't think it's going to be Giannis. I think it'll be Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez that are all defensive players. Yeah, I was going through it. I think there'll be three. I think I think they'll all get in just because, uh, you know, I, I think Giannis gets in. Oh, obviously, I think he's had a decent de- defensive year for sure. But I think that he is, for a lot of voters, he'll just be an automatic guy that they put in there. I think, if I'm projecting and, what's and going to happen. So I think they'll have three. I hope so. And, and look, we've already talked about the MVP at, at length. And we both agree Giannis is the MVP. I think we both agree Joel Embiid is going to win it. And, and just the reason why the MVP has given out how it's given. Um, it's more controversial to to say this next point. Brooke Lopez has been great. Brooke Lopez is not the defensive player of the year. And especially when we saw the Grizzlies in person, of Jaron Jackson Jr. is the defensive player of the year. I get the, well, he hasn't played as many minutes or as many games, but uh, I'm not diminishing what Brooke Lopez does. He's the best rim protector in the league. But when you take all of it into account, and you see everything that Jaron Jackson Jr. is able to do, his recovery, the way he can play on the perimeter, his hands, his shot-blocking ability, that's the best defensive player out there. And, and he will, I think, and, and should win the Defensive Player of the Year award. All right, I'm fine with that. As long as if you're going to discount, not you, but the voters, if they're going to discount the games played for Defensive Player of the Year, then do it for the MVP as well. Because ultimately, yeah. if, if you're penalizing Giannis for playing 63 games in a season when Joel Embiid only played 66, then you're kidding yourself. So uh, as you said, I think Giannis is the MVP. I think there is so many reasons why. And we discussed some of them at the very start of this podcast when it came to the injuries, the games played, the situation that the Bucs had to work their way through at the start of the season when he was doing uh, a hell of a lot for this team. So that's... That's how I feel about it. We'll see. It's still you know, going to be a little while till we find out there. But uh, big week coming up on the show this week, as I said. Some different guests along the way. So uh, make sure you continue to check in on the road to game one. Subscribe, drop a comment, like, all those things. It really, really does help us. And make sure you check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast as well. A recap from right around uh, the NBA each day with the scores, news, stats, info, analysis, and... Um, yeah, there was some stuff that happened. A few coaches on the way out, uh, some in-team fighting. So there's plenty to listen to. So make sure you check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast. Uh, Justin, you enjoy not a week off from work totally, but you enjoy a week off from the games and, and put your feet up and get yourself ready for a, what we hope is a long, long postseason run. Well, let's hope. It's going to be weird uh, probably by the time you get to Wednesday of – not scrambling to, oh man, I didn't put anything together or, or I got to get to the arena and realizing I still got three or four more days of this. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. We'll be back tomorrow with another show for sure. As I said, let us know what you thought about everything we discussed on today's show and we'll catch you all tomorrow.